We're just boys. We like beer. We like beer. If you think that that sounds hazy, then Lord, we'll make it clear. We like Blondells, IPAs, cider stouts in the USA. We're just boys. We like beer. We're just boys. We like beer. Welcome back to another episode of the Upstate Beer Boys. Thank you, Chris Hitchcock, for our theme song. Well, to catch all of our personal pages, you can find Chase the Producer at Nutmeg to Palmetto on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Find Wayne the Sage, or we like to call Papa Sage, at Wayne's Beer Delivery on Instagram and YouTube. And as always, you can find me, the mayor, I guess, on Instagram at Southern Bling Beer Reviews. Fellas, what are we drinking? I'll let Wayne tease me right off the top because from our one of our previous guests of the show, New Grass up in Shelby, I'm having the very light, clear, and see-through light lager known as Shelby All Stars. Y'all, just we all want to be y'all stars. Hey, now you're an y'all star. Get your game on. Or oh, I should do that. I, man, this is why I hate not being creative in the moment. I really could have tied in some beer lyrics there. <laughs> <laughs> Get your beer on. Go drink. <laughs> Gotta be quick on the mind. Yeah, uh, that's that's a problem. That's a problem for me. <laughs> But it's honestly, I mean, it's funny. It's got that. I mean, I can't smell it now because I already drank in two thirds of it. But it had that, uh, it had that like regular lager type of aroma that I don't really like. It just kind of smells like regular beer. It mm-hmm. doesn't, doesn't do anything for me. But it's really clean. It tastes really clean. It's kind, it's crisp. So yeah, I mean, it's a little bubbly. I mean, maybe not this last little bit. But the you know for the most part it was very bubbly and uh, you know at late late night recording sessions at four and only four and a half percent it kind of hits the spot. I I I ain't going to bed or waking up with a headache that's for sure. I will turn you into a logger lover yet. Well, if there's hope for that, well, actually, I should say if there's there's probably more hope for that than there's hope of me turning into a turning you into a goza lover. We'll never know. <laughs> Open the box. What's in the box? What's in the box? The goza. Stephen won't tease me, I guess. I'm not going to tease you. What you got, Wayne? Well, down in uh, Chase's neck of the woods, we've got Steel Paws from Steel in Casey, South Carolina. This is a nice little wheat ale. Uh, The uh, Benefit beer benefiting um, their canine friends, which... Um, I'm imagining probably law enforcement canines considering um, the opening that they had and the artwork that's on the can that no one can see since we're on an audio only podcast. 
got uh, sunglasses on it, I think, over the puppy dogs. Well, I shouldn't call right. it a puppy dog. <laughs> it's an officer. <laughs> and blue right. line, American flag. All right. And if I remember correctly, the one of the officers of the KC uh, Police Department that was really spearheading the initiative on it um, lost his life before they actually released the beer. So um. he did get to take his picture with his canine in front of the stack of cans, the pallet of cans. That was pretty cool. Yeah, a, a, a strange case of unfortunate timing. Yeah. But- it, it, I mean, I suppose in, if you're trying to look for a silver lining, it probably did give the beer a little bit of a selling point to go out and support, but just unfortunate it had to be that way. It was a good fundraiser, though. They raised money for not just Casey, but also all the canine or all the departments that have canines. Yeah. Look at that. I'm drinking an upcountry beer and Wayne's drinking a Midlands beer. <laughs> And, you know, still hands, it seems like they have more IPAs than anything on the market. For, so for them to put out a weed ale, and, and this one's pretty good. It's got a, a little bit more of a bitterness to it than most wheats that I've had, but it, it's very drinkable. So that, that's got to come from the citrus because I felt like it was more of a pale ale than a wheat beer when mm-hmm. we went down or when I went to Lexington a couple of weeks back. And hung out with y'all and I went to Lowe's and they had it. And I was like, Oh, I can't get it up here yet. I'll buy it. And I tried it and I'm like, man, that kind of tastes like a pale ale. You know, it's funny. I actually had it over the weekend um, at Soda City Beer Garden in Columbia on draft on draft. So and I, well, and I thought the same thing. Yeah. I didn't get any kind of wheat notes out of it. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean it was bad beer. I just didn't get no. Wheat, yeah. You get wheat beer. I, like I said, I I felt like it was more of a pale ale than a wheat beer. Yeah. And it wasn't a bad thing. It was good. So now you mentioned it does taste more like a pale ale, but the funny thing is you drove all the way to Lexington to pick it up. I picked up mine from the Lowe's down the street here. Yeah, but the Lowe's down the street did not have it the weekend that it was released when we went to Lexington. <laughs> Cause I looked for it before and when we went down to hang out last month, I was talking to Chase and Chase said, well, I got a Lowe's by the house. I was like, Oh, before I go to your house, I'll go check it out. And that's where I found it. So. Yeah. They got a pretty decent selection over there, but a lot, definitely a lot of low country beers. Um, but that's interesting that Wayne thinks that steel hands, does a lot of IPAs because I mean my my interpretation of them is they do a lot of lagers, all the all their whole coffee lagers line. So you've actually been on site and you told you were the one that was telling us that they have a lot more to offer than what is canned, right? As far so, as variants, as far as variants, yeah. You might be see, th- you might be thinking a river rat. No, 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 I. Uh, maybe I am, but so what we find up here, you can get their what different variants of IPAs mm-hmm. and, and their coffee, but that's about it. Yeah, well, yeah. there is an Imperial IPA, which I've never seen in a store. 
that I got at the tap room. Okay. And then on draft, they have about three different versions of the coffee lager. Like you're only going to get the regular coffee lager in a store, but in the right. tap room, you can get the, a biscotti coffee lager. You get a tiramisu coffee lager. So they, they play with, I mean, that's like one of their staples, if not the, their, you know, the staple. And they, they, they play with it a lot more in the tap room than they do in distro, which I guess makes sense. But that being said, it still doesn't change the point I'm making. <laughs> well, the point I was making is that you can go and you can get one version of the coffee lager in the store, but you can get a variety pack that has like three or four different IPAs. So that's why I said they've got more IPAs out than they do anything right. else. So, I agree with that on distribution. The juice, the juicy, the tropical, and what's what would be the third one? I have no idea, but there's three different ones in there. That's interesting. I feel like think of two. I can think of the juicy, the the juicy or extra juicy, whatever they call it, and then the uh, tropical one. I think they might just have like a regular IPA too. I know there's a red they have, but I don't think it's a red IPA. I think it's an actual. I think it's actual amber. That one's in stores. I've seen that in stores. All right, Mayor, what you got? What you drinking? All right. Let me pour it. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Holy cow. (laughs) Look what we have to look forward to, Wayne. We've got ones of these, too. Is that even beer? (laughs) So That's Slimer. I have been looking (laughs) at purchasing... The Lacto Cooler, the Berlin style YSL from Voodoo Brewing that's got the Slimer on the front. Mm-hmm. And when Mr. Chase came to the house to drop off our Brew Babes beer for me and, or for you and I, mm-hmm. Wayne, he brought me a little surprise. And it's green. I, Look at that. I, I wish the viewers could see this because it, it is actually green, green. I think you need to get your YouTube channel up and going. Well, I've got it. I just don't have. All right, I'm going to sip it. And I'm going to go. You don't have to put any cre- create, you know, you don't have to like be all crazy with it. Yeah. I mean, I do, got the, I do crazy, stupid stuff with mine, and Wayne's working in a lot more crazy stuff as the days progress, but you don't have to do that. I mean, there's people out there that just set their phone up, hit record, yeah. hit their hit so, record, do the whole thing, and then hit stop record. <laughs> so I started a Southern Bling Beer Reviews YouTube channel, but I haven't put anything on it yet. So maybe I'll, I'll just take a sip of this, and I'll go do my first video later. <laughs> That'll work. Okay. Oh, he's not even going to tell us the nose. He's not even going to tell us the nose. You have a lot to learn about the YouTube game, sir. Well, is he going to start it? <laughs> well, nope. that's true. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe that's the reason why he doesn't tell the aroma because he subconsciously I, thinks he's going to snort every beer he does. I, I don't want to have to snort it. <laughs> so I'm smelling lime, like fresh squeezed lime right mm. off the bat. Mm. Smells like Mexico. It literally, to me, tastes like 
a high C from my childhood. It's literally, it's, it's literally ecto cooler. Yes, it's not sour. Oh, it's gonna like it, I think. Yeah, so it's got just a tight little tart at the back end. But it tastes like an ecto cooler. It really does. Oh, it's amazing. I'm excited about it. So how can it be a Berliner if it's not sour? Not all Berliners are sour. There's Berliners that are those thick fruity boys. Yeah, so who was it that made the peach, the peach Berliner? That was not sour at all, but it, it just had this really peachy flavor. I have to look it's it up. Berliner. Yeah, I I bought a couple cans of it. Have we interviewed them? No, uh-uh. No, oh. I, I'm not being, I wasn't being secretive. Now I'm curious on my I didn't own. think you were. I, I Sometimes I can't recall the, who makes the beers I had either. Oh, I know. <laughs> but I was. But now I'm, but now I'm curious because I, because I love peach and beers, and I feel like I may have had it if it's somewhat, someone kind of local. Well, it's not the, it's not the Chattahoochee tea because you didn't have that. Only Wayne and I had that. Uh, I can't wait to get some more of that stuff. That is fantastic. Oh, good. <laughs> I think they, I think they either dropped. I couldn't totally tell if it was the same one or if it was a variant of it, but they dropped something related to it recently because Mikey B did a video on it. Where was that at? In Atlanta. Oh. Uh, well, I think the one that we had at the festival was the peach version, and I think they just released it in cans. I, I believe the Chattahoochee tea, they, they do different like flavors of it. It wasn't uh, already in cans. They might be seasonal or, you know, different production. I would be cool if, were, if they did a different fruit adjunct per season. That would be cool. Well, I mean, you've got peach tea, raspberry tea, strawberry tea, regular sweet tea. Okay, what would what would your winter fruit be? If you had to pick a fruit beer to drink in the winter time, what would be your choice of fruit to put in that beer? Call me crazy, but a blueberry ale. I respect it. I respect it. I'm gonna go with either raspberry or blackberry. Sweet now, sweet. to me, raspberry is more of a summertime. Or, oh, wait. All right, I'll concede to that. I'll concede to that. Um, I'll replace it then with cherry. Because cherries can not only make a sour good, they can make a stout good, too. I know, that, I know that wasn't the question. But let's <laughs> <Huh? laughs> say you there, Steven. What's your well, winter time fruit beer? I don't know. I would have to say a raspberry chocolate stout of some type. But it's a sour, it has to be a fruit beer. 
No, you don't have to do a sour, do you? <laughs> well, a fruit beer. So a, a sour, beer. an ale. Well, if yep, it's got to be a sour, if it's got to be a sour, I'm out because, I'm, well, I don't know. An ale, it can be an ale. Fruit beers can be ales. I could drink the peanut butter fluffernutter from Newgrass any any time of the month, any time of the year. So, does so, peanut count as a fruit? <laughs> no, but bananas does, and if bananas oh, are in point, it, fair point, fair point, fair point. <laughs> So bananas, your answer then? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if this beer exists, but hear me out. One of my favorite cheesecakes from Cheesecake Factory is their white chocolate raspberry. So oh, if you could make a white chocolate raspberry stout, I would drink the hell out of that. Well, now would it have to be a white stout? No. It, all it has to do is be raspberry and white chocolate. Doesn't care what the color is. Well, but drinking. that plays into the aesthetic. I don't care what it looks like when I'm drinking it. <laughs> <laughs> I care about the can art, but I don't care about the beer itself. Get in my belly. Well, then, sir, you should do more reviews out of the can. <laughs> I've been called savage for that. <laughs> It, well, you would be, but that's besides the point. <laughs> All right. I'm looking into that. Tell me again what what white chocolate raspberry? Yes. Uh, what is he got? What has he got? An aggregator that you just plug in adjuncts and it throws up a beer? <laughs> he probably does. I've got a, recipe, I got a recipe out for beer. Actually, white chocolate raspberry cheesecake stout. Not lactose. But it could be a pastry stout. If I will say it's probably going to have to have lactose if it's got all that in it. I don't know, though. I'll I'll see. I'm, I'm still learning. White chocolate. Raspberry. Cheesecake. Got this little mad scientist app going on. <laughs> yeah. You are drinking a, a science experiment beer there, lacto cooler. So, yeah. Do you taste the lactose in that, or is it just a lot of fruit and sour? No, it's a lot of fruit and sour. But correct me if I'm wrong. Pretty sure the lacto cooler came from the lacto cooler high C, right? When they did the Slimer, it was called Ecto Cooler. Okay, Ecto Cooler. Okay. But speaking of which, you talked about how much you wanted the beer, but you didn't say what brewery it's from. I did. At the very beginning, I said where it came from. It came. Just a reminder: it came from Voodoo Brewing, which is a place that you get some secret packages from. But you didn't get what? that one. Do what? <laughs> it's a place that you get some secret oh, yeah. packages from, but you didn't get that one. Nope, didn't. Did I hear incorrectly or correctly they're opening up a, a location near us? Uh, I'll, I'll talk to you about that off air. <laughs> okay. Oops. There was a lost in translation about that. Let's just. Yeah. 
Okay, I, I might have. I got really excited about it and then got really bummed out all in the same time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. He blew up his own hot air and then popped the balloon. Yeah. It's okay, though. All right. So, Mayor, when's your next brew day? Well, let will me get make, back. And will you make a raspberry white chocolate? Oh, I've already popped it in. <laughs> do, well, do we want it to be a pastry stout or do we want it just to be? Because if you got cream cheese and probably not in July. <laughs> Why not? Definitely a winter beer. <laughs> oh my gosh! I well, mean, I'm all I'm all for drinking a stout in 97 degree weather, but that one seems pretty intense. <laughs> I was getting ready to call somebody out, but or not call her out, but somebody that I trade beer with on Instagram that will say stout season is all year long. <laughs> wow, that's a fact. It is. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not drinking a heavy pastry stout in the middle of summer. I'm sorry. Wayne will, um, Wayne will be sweating the raspberry through his pores. I'm pretty sure that that's what this is going to be. <laughs> That I just got in the mail today mm-hmm. from y'all's friend or the Upstate Beer Boys friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, Is that not a pastry stout? It was uh, um, raspberry, vanilla, chocolate. Oh, Ice cream stout. Ice cream stout. Yeah, whatever that means. I guess. I guess. Uh, I guess the closest thing in existence would be a pastry stout. Yeah, it's a pastry stout. Well, there you go. <laughs> I don't know, fellas. We need to set a date of when we want to brew it because I've already got multiple people that uh, I hang out with when we go to the eight state beer shares or impromptu bottle shares this want me to brew some more fruity pebble coconut beer <laughs> the beer that i like to call tropical bedrock <laughs> it's so seductive well it's got coconut and a bag of fruity pebbles so tropical from the coconut and bedrock from fruity pebbles I want to see if you can uh, trademark that name. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, that's true. But I've noticed there's actually a, there are actually a few names out there I've noticed before. So that means there's probably more that they usually the name does match between breweries on completely different parts of the country. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't necessarily think that uh, regular establishments are trademarking their names. Because they seem to get copied quite frequently. <laughs> yeah. Well, that name is not on Untapped, so that's a that's a good sign. That's good. Coming soon to a bottle share near you. Coming soon. Oh, it's 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 wound up at eight state a lot. <laughs> All right, fellas. Anything else y'all want to talk about? Well, we always want to talk about beer, but. Uh... We got to get some more stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, before we go, Upstate Beer Boys, as always, wants to thank our sponsors, 
Eddie, owner of the Clock Tower Tap Room in Simpsonville. Upstate Realty and Associates here in Greenville. Promotional Graphics here in Greenville. And John Sharkey with Greenville Beer Fest. Can't wait to go this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got our official invite, so good to go. Well, just just think, Wayne, whenever you feel bad that Stephen and I got to go to that, you could just make Stephen feel bad that you got to go to Atlanta. <laughs> oh, I'm totally jealous. Y'all got, <laughs> y'all got so much more exposure there. As far as the, the people that were there, the beer and stuff. Oh, just wait. When we go to the Greenville Craft Beer Fest, the three of us, we're going to cover a lot of people and a lot of territory. Just you wait. Well, well yeah, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> but it, it's, it's really good exposure, and I'm really looking forward to pushing it this year and going to it. Oh, yeah. Well, folks, stay with us as... The boys, as in Chase and Wayne, head down to Lexington and check out a brewery that I unfortunately didn't get to go to, but Angry Fish Brewing down in Lexington, South Carolina. Fellas, be safe. The only joint my mama burned was on the rural route. She parked in old man Taters Woods so she wouldn't be found out. Turned off her dome light, snuck off by herself Crashed down beneath that window, fired it up, gave it hell At that hangout my daddy used to hang around We watched it all go up and smoke until it all came down Just like that the taps and stools and tables got turned To the only joint my mama ever burned I'll get sassy and bluegrass, come on Welcome back in the Upstate Beer Boys podcast. We're going Midlands this episode down in my neck of Lexington to talk to owner and brewer Kenny of Angry Fish Brewing Company. Kenny, kick us. Thank you for having us, uh, welcoming us, welcoming, welcoming us back, and um, can kick us off with telling our audience a little bit about yourself, how Angry Fish got started, and where you want to take it from here. Thank you guys for being here. Um, so, uh, a little bit about me. Uh, I've been brewing for a little over a decade. Um, my buddy and I got started in the garage as home brewers, and uh, you know, it became an obsession for me. So, uh, it was one of those things where I just had to know why it did what it did. And, why it didn't do what I wanted it to do. <laughs> <laughs> so it was one of those things that that, that kind of led me to, to start talking to my Joe about brewing. And he was like, well, you know, I brew too. So we started brewing together. We did that for a little over a year. And he was like, I think we can do this for real. And I was like, okay. So over a dog, dog hit. Dogfish head 120, and I said, you know what, I probably just need to put the beer down. <laughs> no, so we, uh, here we are four years later, and it's spent, well, obviously it was a couple of years before we opened, but uh, being up four years uh, has certainly been a, a great adventure. Uh, we've enjoyed it. It's been very fun. Uh, it's a lot of work but, and very humbling, and very, very happy to still be here. Speaking of four years, you just had a nice little 
celebration of that, did you not? We did. Uh, we had our four-year anniversary yesterday. Um, we put four beers on in celebration. We did a, a festa, which is actually translates as a party pilsner, so, uh, but it's an Italian pilsner. Uh, Cosmic Saturdays, which is a hazy IPA made with uh, Omega's Cosmic Yeast. So, uh, pretty, pretty, pretty fun stuff there. And then we have uh, a cold IPA that we thought we would uh, challenge ourselves to, to produce. And that that lager is actually 6.8%. So kind of neat. <clears throat> and then obviously we did the, the black water, blackberry, blackberry. So say that fast. <laughs> Blackwater, Blackwater, Blackberry, Berliner Weiss. <laughs> what do you say? <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, we had actual, we had uh, live music all day. We had um, <clears throat> food trucks. Uh, our food truck opened up and, well, I shouldn't technically the city's food truck, but, you know. <laughs> uh, he, uh, he opened up and did some smoked uh Half chickens, he did uh, four racks of ribs, um, he did uh, um, lamb chops, and then he brought those here and they cooked them over uh, wood. Oh, um, it was fantastic! <laughs> so, great menu, great, a lot of fun, had, had a good time. So. Guess we'll have to book ourselves for year number five down here. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, we're starting to plan for year number five now. <laughs> All right, Kenny. So we're walking to your establishment here, and you know it's like you're transported back into like an old fishing shack. Yep. And one of the things on the wall is your logo, which has got a kind of a skeletal fish with a big red eye. And I'm curious, what is the story behind? The red-eyed angry fish. I have never told this story. Never. <laughs> no. no um, it's actually it's so it's it's a fishing tale, uh, but it's a true tale. My so Joe lives on the lake. I live near the lake. Those are two totally different places, even though like five minutes away. Um, he actually pays more taxes. Than me, so. <laughs> but he does. But he does have a little water outside, so I guess that makes a little difference. Anyway, uh, so they went fishing on his dock with him, he and his buddy, and uh, they had a, a co-worker that was with them. Um, early in the morning, the first thing they caught was a, a two red-eyed catfish. Catching a catfish early in the morning when the sun is up is pretty much impossible, but they did it, and then it had two red eyes. Um, they struggled to get the hook out, and uh, when they finally did, they put the fish on the stringer, Hung it off the end of the dock. They caught two or three other fish. Um, decided that they were going to grab some lunch. Joe's wife said, "Probably want to get those fish." He's like, "No, I want a stringer. We're not going anywhere. No big deal." Um, and uh, so they went off and had some tacos and some cerveza. And uh, they came back and said, "You know what? We're going to forget fishing. We're going to clean those fish. We're going to sit around and drink some beer, <clears throat> eat those things up." They went to the dock, grabbed that stringer, and picked it up, and catfish was gone. So uh, the guy, the co-worker, looked at him and said, you know, that was one angry fish. So <laughs> that's, that's the story that, that launched the name. Uh, 
jumped out. We've been through three or four other versions of, of names for the brewery uh, before we got started. And he calls me, stuck in malfunction junction traffic one afternoon in the parking lot that is I-20, <laughs> um, and uh, said, let me tell you the story. So that's the story he told, and I said, well, we're definitely going to blow together, and, and so there we are. All right, so that's the story behind the name. So tell me a little bit, or describe for our listeners exactly what we're looking at here when you walk into your this, tap room here. This is our little bait and tackle shop. I mean, that's basically what it is. Uh, all the tin that's in here, excluding um, eight pieces, are all off of my great-grandfather's house. Um, he, put that, he put the tin on there in 1949. Um, and then uh, in 1986, my grandmother uh, donated his house to the local fire department. My dad took all the tin off and uh, laid behind his house from 1986 until 2018. So uh, that, well, I, I picked it up, got it all. The bar obviously is a live edge, uh, 99-year-old uh, yellow pine. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, actually from right here in Lexington County. So pretty, pretty neat. That tree was born in the nineteen nineteen. So that's pretty cool. Pretty cool. That's yeah. an old tree. Yeah. <laughs> so but you know, so the, the ambiance is is that we, you know, want it to feel like you're sitting on the back porch having a beer with your buddies and you know, you can come in and just sit around and, 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 and feel at home. Very nice. So speaking of names, you told us the story of your name and logo, and a lot of times you look at your tap menu, and the names of the beers are also creative. Um, is now, I guess this could be a twofold question: one, where's the creative spark come from the name of the beers, and two, is there any kind of official government body you have to go through to get the names approved? You could just slap up whatever you want. Okay, so I'll tackle the first part. First part of that question. Um, as far as, as the names for the beers that we create, um, we try to keep it lake-themed. Um, so that's why you'll see a lot of, of local points or places uh, that end up in the names. Um, like Snow Harbor, that the 80s chilling that's on at the moment, that's actual, an actual harbor on the lake. So um, those kinds of things. And then if uh, we have different series like our sour series that's a top sale so obviously not the theme but not necessarily tied to Lake Murray um, as far as who names it and how we go about it uh, there's a lot of times I'll do a recipe and put it in the, in the, the computer and when show comes in like like the water's cold right I, I just put cold IPA on it he, he named it the water's cold so. <laughs> It, it just it just fits. it just works right so that's that's i mean it's it's never one of those things where we sit around and deliberate like a long time on a name it typically is one of those things where like what are we going to name it's like you know man you know we'll, we'll come up with something and then you know just before we keg it we're gonna fall about something and oh, <laughs> there you go so, perfect idea so that's kind of how that kind of how the, the naming happens um now as far as the uh, government is concerned if we were sending it out into the distro world, then yes, everything has to be approved. Um, it has to 
has to go through TTV. That takes, uh, you know, just a couple of weeks. Um, and uh, they send uh, back approval or changes or suggestions. They never send back any suggestions. <laughs> but, you know, um, and then obviously if uh, uh, you get approved by the TTV, you just have to submit that to the state. The state signs off on it because it's already approved by the fans. Our third partner, Stephen, unable to join us today, but normally he always asks about the food uh, they supply. And uh, there's no kitchen here, but you just talked about a food truck that you had for the anniversary party, and you have your own food truck here too, or a food trailer, uh, rather. And it's got a similar style and a similar name. So what's the relationship you have with the uh, this food trailer out front? So we are, so like, like I said, we are a, uh, you know, we have a symbiotic relationship with, with the symbiote and uh, food truck. We, uh, he, uh, he's open, typically open Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday for now. Uh, he is talking about um, making a shift into that, maybe trying to get open all five days, but he also has another job, so it makes it kind of difficult for all of us to, to do everything every day, so... Um, but he, uh, his menu typically has four items on it that stay the same, and then the other four to six, depending on how frisky he feels in a week, uh, rotate. You know, come and go. All right. Um, so you do have quite a few beers on tap. And, you know, you got a wide variety of different brews as far as stouts and IPAs and wheat ales and scotch ales and whatnot. Um, have you had any collaborations with anybody? And if so, just feel free to drop them. Yeah. Um, so we uh, we actually did a collab with uh, a couple of different folks uh, throughout the years. Um, we've done some with uh, Cottontown, obviously, uh, who is not uh, around with us anymore. Um, we also did... Uh, um, a couple of collaborations with a friend of ours who owns a brewery in Morganton, North Carolina, uh, called Sidetrack. Um, I think you and I talked about that, that you finally made it up and got an opportunity to, to stop in. Was that you? Steven. I think Steven did that, yeah. So, um, anyway, uh, he was one of the original uh, founding members of the Conquest you know, so he uh, the one that shut down recently. Yeah. So Joe is now the owner at Sidetrack. So we do a couple of different um, uh, collaborations with them. Even though uh, they're, they're, they've all been IPAs, one was a hazy uh, that was like uh, an astronomical eleven and a half or twelve and a half percent. It's kind of crazy. I don't think we ever do anything with him that's just kind of running new. It's always kind of kind of a little over the top. So the proper double is something that we dreamed up did together, uh, which is, you know, we call it a proper double because back in the day, you know, a, a double IPA had to be at least 10% mm -hmm. and uh, um, had to have a good malt backbone, good, good amount of, a good, good amount of hot bitterness to, to kind of balance that out. Uh, you know, we wanted to call it a, well, we wanted to call it something other than that, like a proper double. So that's what we <laughs> <laughs> All right, 
obviously got anything in the works you'd like to talk about? No, I mean, well, we've been on the talks with a few other uh, breweries in the last couple of months. Um, probably, uh, probably hit a few of those up. I know that uh, we did have uh, discussions with the guys at uh, Dust Off. Um, we talked to uh, a couple of the guys at Plank Owner. So uh, we'll see what comes about. Nothing, nothing definitive yet. But as we move forward, we do look forward to to, to hanging out with the, some of the guys around the state and doing some really cool things. Good folks up a plank owner. Oh yeah, previous guest of the show. <laughs> um, say they had the best pretzels in Spartanburg. Some say not. So. <laughs> yeah, there's a little bit of a turf war on the pretzels up in that neck of the woods. A new groove. <laughs> ah, well, you know, and, and, and I, you know, all the things you see from Mugu, the, the, I mean, he does, they've got some slamming food, I'm telling you. Um, speaking of events you had uh, that we talked about earlier with your anniversary party, there's also another one you had in the somewhat recent history called White Girl Wasted. And as Meemore would suggest, that is, of course, that was, of course, based on a pumpkin beer by the same name. Um <laughs> What what's the the story behind not only naming the event, naming the beer, but also throwing a big party for it? All right. Well, so it's uh, white girl wasted something we do every year. Um, obviously, this year it was a little out of season. We typically do that about October, November, December at the latest. Um, whenever we can get the whole gang, and I'll tell you about the gang in a second, but. Uh, we do uh, we do that beer every year for uh, our support of the Sister Frambosis Foundation of South Carolina. Um, one of the guys that's involved in that's Nick uh, Gettings. He uh, he actually uh, he and his um, brother-in-law are the Booski Brothers. So if you're familiar with them. Um, so uh, they were in here. Uh, Sadie Black, who used to be at Fox 102. Um, who uh, she was when we first opened, she came out a few times, did some live uh, radio spots from here. Um, we were able to strike up a conversation about, you know, beer and, and the opportunity to, to give back to the community. And so long story short, uh, we decided as a group of, of five that we were going to pull that off. Um, we decided we would let Sadie decide what type of beer we would make. So she said a pumpkin stout. And I was like, oh, man, one thing, <laughs> one thing. But no, so, it's, so we were like, all right. And then uh, so the Brewski Brothers actually named uh, the beer. Um, Jonathan Gamboa actually named it. He, uh, he's like, I like the name White Girl Wasted. And I was like, all right. So we got a lot of bad flack for that when, early on. Um, not so much lately, but uh, each year we we do we do that beer. We have the we have the big party so that we can um, uh, raise money for for cystic fibrosis and our efforts to to give back to those those types of organizations. So that's why we do it every year. Obviously, this year it was out of like I said out of season because the the. You know, COVID was at a at a rapid pace, and obviously, people that have cystic fibrosis are you know struggling for you know air anyway. So I it was really not a not a perfect situation. Mm, we did right. that in the middle of the pandemic and try to help them out. So we waited until you know it was a little more um, under 
the importations under control so that that we could at least have uh, that party to 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 you know, support their efforts. Um, I'm not sure how many people would imply this directly from the logo, but after having no more than a five-minute conversation with you and your wife the first time I was in here, uh, it's very clear to assess your love of rock and heavy metal. Um, <laughs> even, even to the point where I think that first time I was, I don't want to say it was a fly on the wall because I think I was sitting at the first bar where you read the first bar seat and you were standing at the end, but you know, you mentioned that you were going to the Ice Nine Kills concert last year in November, and I already had a ticket to that. And sure enough, when I was there, I looked to my, I looked, I turned to my left, and I see your wife in the middle of a mosh pit throwing elbows and getting involved with people. So, how, how does rock, heavy metal, and your general love of music work into the Angry Fish brand, the beer, whatever the case may be? Ah, uh, yeah, you're right. So we we we're both big uh, heavy metal fans. Just rock and roll fans wouldn't say heavy metal anymore. Uh, but, you know, uh, everything we, I mean, when you come in here, our playlist has about 3,000, 4,000 songs, and they're all pretty much rock and roll. Uh, we do have a, you know, a little bit of Billy Joel, a little bit of Jeff Rotol, and, you know, Marshall Tucker, those kind of things. But uh, for the most part, it's going to be Ice Nine Kills or. Metallica, uh, GNR, um, so it's something that we've always we've always just enjoyed that that style. And so when you come in, it's a on any given day it could be a, a live show from just about anybody, or it could be an eclectic grouping of Phil Collins to <laughs> Slipknot. <laughs> that's a that's a lot heck of a transition. <laughs> Hey, well, so so imagine sitting at the bar and it's, it comes on and it's like you know uh, piano man and all of a sudden it's you know the devil and I <laughs> <laughs> then it goes back to you know kill them all from Metallica and then all of a sudden you get a little bit of uh, James Taylor <laughs> it almost sounds like my playlist on uh, the smart playlist on my YouTube music <laughs> it mixes everything together yeah, <laughs> you know, I could have swore back in the uh, in the late '80s that there was a band called Angry Fish, but it might have just been a local South Florida band. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, so since you're not far from Lake Murray, I mean, literally, I passed it on the way in, um, and you know, if you're at the lake, there's nothing that really goes better with either fishing or you know. Um, having fun on the boat or whatnot than a nice ice cold beer. So, uh, what do you currently have on tap that would uh, suit that need for a nice uh, uh, lake day fishing trip? Right. Cold beer. Um, so, we actually have a couple of different uh, things at the moment. Uh, obviously, Crescent Moon is something that stays on tap all the time. Um, it's, a, it's an American wheat, has just a hint of citrus, a hint of banana, but nothing, neither one of those are the forefront of that beer. Uh, the malty, the, the breadiness from the, from the wheat comes through. Um, it's 5.6%, so obviously something that you can have a few, but not, uh, not be, you know, too, too, too uh, unforgiving to, for you. 
Um, right. We actually have uh, the one of the beers we put on yesterday for the anniversary party was the La Festa Italian Pilsner. Um, it's at a 4.7% um, pills that uh, is very well-rounded. It's very easy to drink. Um, so obviously at 4.7, you can slam those down pretty easily as well. Uh, and then the Blackberry Runner Vice that, uh, that we're sipping on at the moment mm-hmm. um, <laughs> is uh, 3.7, just a little tart, has just enough, just enough sweetness to kind of balance it out so that it's not super, super sour. Um, and at 3.7%, they're pretty crushable. I'll test. I'll test to that. <laughs> Although Chase, you might want to grab some of that left Festa before it kicks because it's actually a well-rounded pilsner. And I know that you- I had a little sample of it. Yes. He <laughs> <laughs> right. kids me on the sours. The pilsner, so. well, I think the last time you were here, you did a sour, one, didn't you? I think it was one of your gozes. It was blue. Oh, it was the blue. Ra- uh, it was haterade. Haterade. Yes. It was part of the. The uh, Blyco wasted offerings. Yeah. Believe it or not, that was actually my favorite beer out of four I tried. He <laughs> <laughs> can be taught. <laughs> Speaking of beer, let's get back. Let's get back into that. Um, I've been a fly on the wall for a few engaging conversations you've had with customers about your brewing knowledge and going back to, as you said before, your home brewing days. What what styles are your favorite to brew? What styles are you most proud of? Like, some, maybe something that you were surprised that you didn't like. This is going to be tough. I'm not sure if I could pull it off, and it was sure enough, it came out a banger. Um, so, what's what's your favorite styles to brew, and what are the ones that you kind of like hang your hat on? All right. Um. So, I th- we obviously we do a lot of IPAs. Um, I enjoy. I enjoy brewing IPAs for the for the challenge of of looking at how hops affect what you smell and, and taste. So it, it provides me an opportunity to, to kind of dabble a little bit in that that area. So I get to to play around with with different nuances where where, where you add that hop, how it affects what you taste uh, when you add it, as opposed to and how much as to what you smell. So those are the those are the things that I like doing. Um, the some some of the things that that obviously any brewer will tell you that you walk in and, and a place doesn't have a, a good lager, a good pilsner, or you know uh, that style of beer that's <laughs> clean and crisp. And chances are, you know, you, you know you can always say, hmm, but. When we first did our our first lager, we were we were pretty apprehensive because you know we do them at home, it's one thing, but commercially it's a completely different thing. And then you realize really the the, the difference is that at the commercial level we do have better equipment, better temperature control, so it does make it a little less apprehensive after that first go. But um, you know the the Pilsner, we were just talking about. That's the first time we've ever ever made that. Um, so I was a little excited, uh, but also a little anxious. Just anytime you do anything new, especially when it's in that lava realm, kind of puts a little bit of trepidation there. But uh, I was really really pleased with that. Um, obviously, the the process to brew that was a 
I mean, it's, it's basically a German killer beer. So it, it goes through that traditional German brewing process. So it takes a little longer, but the effort is, is rewarded in the final product. So um, doing, that, doing that for the first time and here, trying to make sure that the temperatures are right, the times are right, and, and those kind of things, it was, uh, it was challenging. But once you kind of, you know, once you, once you get it under your belt, I think it, it becomes a little, a little easier. So um, those are the kinds of things that, that I like to challenge myself. So it's kind of, kind of cool. Adhering to your own informal purity law of sorts. I'm sorry? A- adhering to your own self-imposed German purity law. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> you know, if you, yeah. I mean, because the, I mean, even our heft goes through that, that same process. So it's, uh, it's one of those things where I, you know, it, it's a challenge, but it's also rewarding at the end because you're like, man, there's a reason. They've made beer for a thousand years. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, astounding that your your classical simple styles are the ones that are the ones that you got to be on top of the entire process from start to finish because there's no hiding anything in them. That's exactly right. You don't uh, you make a mistake, it's definitely going to show up. <laughs> All right, so kind of playing off this question. Um, so we've talked about your favorite styles to brew and whatnot, and there's no beer shame here, so feel free to say anything. <laughs> what is your favorite beer to drink? Be it a style, a brand, a type? Um, so just about any brewers are gonna tell you that we like crispy boys. I mean, you know, we're, I mean, it is what it is. It actually just happened on our last <laughs> right. episode. I just, it just is. I mean, I, I love, I love IPAs. Don't even know. I mean, I, I, I would choose that sitting down. I'm going to have at least one, but uh, typically I will start out with, no matter where I go, I'm looking for, uh, crappier wise, right? Uh, I'm looking for a, a good, light, crisp lager that's going to get me started <laughs> I can sit around and, you know, have a few of those and not necessarily have to have, uh, have any, uh, assistance making it home. <laughs> now listen, you know, Chase may think otherwise, but I don't, I don't beer shame. So, I mean, our, I think our last <laughs> guest actually said that one of his favorite beers to drink is a widely commercially known big brand that can be had at any gas station. So there's no shame. <laughs> and they make some of the Keystone. They make some of the craziest beers out there in the yeah. East Coast, you know? Wow. So anyways. Um, Probably not going to be at the top of my list. <laughs> <laughs> There's no shame in the game. But, but no, so uh, commercially, I guess if you walked into my house, I have, uh, what's in my refrigerator? I have Hazel Little Fame from Sierra Nevada, and I have uh, Polymer. Um, I think it's a Pilsner. Polymer, polymer. That's a brewery. It's a German, German yeah. beer. Oh, I gotcha. Okay. okay. So it's a, it's a German pill. It's... So you, you open your fridge and only have two styles of beer. Man, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> I envy this right now. <laughs> well, currently, you know, since I'm on the other side of the beer world, I have probably about 25, 30 cans in my beer fridge, and there's not two of anything. I mean, wow. there's like, um, well, actually, no, there is two of one beer I just picked up from uh, our friends at New Groove. But, I mean, it's like single this, single that. It's 
it's it's crazy. It's you know, I don't need to buy beer, but I need to buy beer. You know, right. <laughs> we're in a, a very unenvious world of remembering the days when we just drank to enjoy the beers. It's like, oh, I got, oh, this is a good beer. I can make content out of this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and so it's kind of the same thing for us. I mean, we we used to drink beer to, you know, we're like, oh man, this is great. Wow, this is, I've got to have another one of those. And now we sit down and it's like, oh, there's a little bit of this. So it's it's like a puzzle. So we sit down and and, and drink, and I go, oh, I love it. I love Eldorado. Oh, that's why that's why that's why I take that as a as a as a as a hot because it's one of those things like, ah, I can always taste it. <laughs> well, two years ago, he told me Eldorado. I was like, what year? Yes. Cadillac. <laughs> I see on your wall here above your taps you've got a medal that you've won for well forgive me my eyesight is very terrible um so tell me what you want it for which beer all right so um so yeah we it's like i said we don't we don't necessarily enter a lot of competitions um but we did uh we, we put a few things in in different different smaller competitions uh well and large ones we sent a whole bunch of stuff to gbf but mm-hmm. Um, we did enter our um, Big Gap Bourbon Pecan Honey Porter. Say that fast three times, right? Burp. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. I think I'm missing pecan a word in there. Porter. <laughs> so pecan, so, yeah, that sounds so, fantastic. Yeah. And, uh, and the, the pecans are actually from uh, a local uh, spot here in Saluda. Um, we're just just inside the county line down there um and uh we take those we take those pecans or pecans guys choose which way uh, <laughs> you know i grew up in the south so chances are it's a pecan um but uh i grew up in the north and i say pecan oh, there you go. <laughs> south florida we say pecan pecan <laughs> uh, uh, it's it's it, Potato, potato, pecan, pecan. You know, it's all good. Uh, but no, so we uh, we take those uh, we take those pecans and we uh, condition them in bourbon, and we uh, mm-hmm. like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. and then we, we toast them up, toss them in some brown sugar, and then we dry them out as best we can. Uh, obviously, oil and, and any nuts are are bad for the frothiness that that we love to see on top of our glasses so uh we um <clears throat> we take those we we put them in uh finished product and we wait and then once we uh once it's there it's uh it's actually we only make it one time a year we enjoy it obviously we have to wait for pecans to, to come around for them to be local um so it's uh we're actually rolling into that time of year so we'll probably have it back on tap sometime around september uh, but right. we did we did win a silver medal, so we were very very happy about that, and uh, we look forward to making that beer again. Have you entered anything into the uh, South Carolina Craft Brewers Guild competition? Actually, that was that was what that was. Oh, okay, yeah. I, I'm sorry, I missed that. Oh, that's okay. No, I didn't actually say that. I'm, I skipped <laughs> that part. But yeah, <laughs> I could have been distracted by the bourbon glaze. On <laughs> just, just glazing <laughs> over in his eyes. 
Yes. No, that's, that's, so that's what that was. That was uh, South Carolina Brewers. Good. Nice, nice, nice. Well, here on the Upstate Beer Boys podcast, we're always big on drink local, support local. You happen to be our first Midlands Brewery guest. So I know whether it's – you already spoke a little bit about this with uh, the story behind White Girl Wasted and the cystic fibrosis um, donations, but can you tell us a little bit more about your relationship with the Lexington and greater Columbia area communities as a whole, whether that be tax – excuse me, tap takeovers, which I, if I'm not mistaken, I think you had one semi-recently over in Harbinson. Um, collaborations, as Wayne brought up before, charitable events and fundraisers, anything else in addition to like or wasted local music and artists that you support? What's the local footprint that Angry Fish has made or contributed to? All right. Um, so, yeah, uh, we do typically try to stay involved in the... Oh, it just smells good. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, so that's that, that little bit of citron on that is, has just a little bit of earthiness to it. And we, we get some earthiness, we call it dang. Anyway, dang. Um, but, uh, all right, so uh, we do um, try to stay involved in the community as best we can um, with, uh, as time permits and, and obviously um, the laws that surround some of those things. Uh, you know, take, it takes, takes some time to, to get some things organized. Uh, but we do um, work with uh, the Sister Fibrosis Foundation. We also work with um, the uh, a ALS chapter. Um, and uh, so support those because we have, obviously, we, we have folks that we know that are afflicted by um, both of those uh, things so we try to uh, stay involved with those those organizations to help as much as we can <clears throat> um, we uh we work with uh, committee 100 here in columbia um, matter of fact that that event's coming up in the next few months um, so that should be uh i think it's october i have to have to, have to check i think it's october um <clears throat> but as far as uh um, stayed involved with that. We do tap takeovers. We've done a few um, uh, in the local area. We just did the we just did one with British Bulldog uh, over in the Harbison area. Um, that was turned out great. It was fantastic. It was, it's a good way to for us since we don't distribute to, to get our name out there and, and let folks sample the beer so that they they know what we offer. Um, and then uh, local musicians and those folks. Uh, yesterday we had three different styles of, of uh, music groups. We have the water kickers who are uh, super like um, laid back, uh, kind of Bob Dylan, a um, little bit of Johnny Cash, but, but very, very, I mean, very cool. A husband and wife did a fantastic job. Um, and then we had a full band outside under the tent, you know, so <clears throat> still house. Uh, sorry, Bates. <laughs> uh, so, uh, uh, one of those, one of the band members is a friend of mine, and uh, he's been trying to get a, get, get a gig out here for a while. It's like it's got to be got to be the right time because we're going to be able to put you outside. So it's, I mean, it's a six piece band, so it's not one of those things we put here. So, uh, I mean, not unless we just want to move everybody else out. Then, right. right? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so, so yesterday was the the, the culmination of that, those efforts, and, and in my calendar I put Bates Bands because that's that's the guy's last name. That's a friend of mine, like I said, 
<laughs> when I put it out, I forgot to put out the name of the band. I just copied what was in my calendar. <laughs> like, what's Bates Band? So, so yesterday they beat him up outside. I'm like, hey, it's the Bates Band. Fully on the storehouse. I'm sorry, man. It was my fault. So they, they had a good time with that. But, um, and then Brooks Herring is an uh, uh, up-and-coming uh, musician. He uh, just released his new single last week or the week before, and uh, he has uh, over 200 downloads on all the major just in a week, so <clears throat> pretty pretty good for him, <clears throat> fantastic guy, uh, veteran, um, physical therapist, nice with... Many, many hats. Yeah, <laughs> works with uh, um, disabled vets. Oh. Uh, when he was getting his... Uh, degree in physical therapy, finishing up his rotations and his and his uh, clinicals. He uh, ended up in Washington D.C. at the Veterans Hospital, and he worked with folks that were getting uh, new prosthetics. So uh, that's awesome. One of the song. The reason I bring that up is because the song that he just released is actually about a guy that he worked with at that hospital. So. <clears throat> okay. Alright, so we're talking about community ties. Uh, you got anything brewing that you want to talk about as far as the future direction of Anglerfish brewing? Or, you know? um, sure. So um, right now our focus is, is to try to um, obviously improve the outside seating area that obviously doesn't technically exist. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a couple of seats, guys. <laughs> I mean, out front, yes, but we're we're going to use the green space out back. Okay. Uh, so we are going to uh, to add some some seating back there. Um, so over the couple of, over the course of the next couple of months, that that should come to fruition. And then uh, as far as inside, we're we're going to make a few changes to make things a little more efficient and better. Um, and maybe add another tank or two, so we'll have some more cellar space. But uh, you know, right now we are going to uh, our you know our eventual goal is to, to build a bigger facility. But for now, we will uh, forgo the crazy cost of construction and just modify what we have here to to allow us to continue to serve our folks that come in and expand a little bit to, to bring in some new faces. And thankfully, being that we are in the south. September, October, November is still plenty of outdoor weather enjoyment. So we always like to wrap up with uh, what we had of your offerings while we were sitting here talking to you. Um, and I think for once, and maybe the stars aligned, we actually had all three of the same beers. <laughs> oh, wait, no, that's not true. You didn't have the sour. You didn't have the sour. We had two of the same. Two of the same beers. Two of the same beers. <laughs> I'm losing track. <laughs> two out of three. It's true. It is true. So um, you talked a little bit about the Fiesta Pilsner, and I think... Uh, the anniversary party must have been very popular because we probably got the last couple of little sips of it. <laughs> yep, yep. It was uh, it was actually a pretty popular offering, so uh, it's already in the queue to, to come back. So we'll make sure that uh, when it comes back, 
good show for that, you know. The, uh, yeah, and both the flavor of it was like a nice, clean, crisp, and full, very full for a Pilsner. The aroma kind of threw me off a little bit because it kind of gave me some vibes of like the what I typically don't like about Pilsners and Lagers, but the flavor was super clean. And I mean, Wayne wants to add anything because he's more of the traditional fan of that yeah. style. Welcome to Italian Pilsners. Actually, we can take a second and can you tell us the difference between a Czech Pilsner and an Italian Pilsner? Because there are differences. I know there are. I just don't know what they are. So we'll get back to what we drink. <laughs> so, um, I mean, basically, they're still well, going to be somewhere in that 30 to 40 IBUs, right? I mean, mm-hmm. so that's the bittering unit, so that you know that it, that it kind of falls in that Pilsner range. This is this is more different. Uh, I think the uh, IBU on that is 36, mm-hmm. if, if if memory serves. Um, but the it goes through it goes through a traditional uh, German uh, process, just like any other Pilsner, uh, the brewing process. Um, the difference is is that it's fermented um, a little higher to uh, soften that soften that out a little bit, and then uh, it's really hot. The hop rates are more in line with American hazy IPAs, so uh, you get you get a good burst of, of uh, aroma off the off the off the glass and the nose, and then the flavor is more more prominent rather than just bitter. Because a lot of times when you get a Czech pills, it's very clean, it's very crisp, and you get that bitter that kind of creeps on the backside. This kind of gives you a, a, a little more full body. Shouldn't say full body, but more body on on the on the palate and the the um, obviously the flavor there is a little more sweet grass. You kind of it's a little sweeter up front, but then that bitterness builds on the backside gives you an opportunity to enjoy it without it just being a bit of a. For you haze boys out there that don't like pilsners, <laughs> it's a good gateway pilsner to get you into the classical style. I, I feel attacked. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I take every two seconds. <laughs> I did, that was not planned. The next one I had, and I'm going to do this without turning around and looking at the board, Black Water Blackberry Berliner Weiss. Black Water Blackberry That one. We were just calling it the BW. The BW. <laughs> 12 hours and who knows how many beers in yeah I'm, I'm sure that one wasn't having too much of a success rate or at the order at the order station that's why they have numbers on the board yeah. five <laughs> um, so that one had a very traditional sour aroma to it but the flavor I thought was a lot of that sweetness that you were talking about before I caught a lot of berries in it had a bit of a carbonated mouthfeel so it wasn't like this. It didn't have that pucker face sensation, which I know Wayne hates oh so much. <laughs> I can't stand bitter bitter face. <laughs> um, so that that was what I had. And then I, I think that was, and I'm not. I don't necessarily know if my palate is what's the word deceptive enough to pick out black blackberry versus anything else. But I definitely got a berry flavor to it. Yep. So uh, the, the 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 whole premise behind the blackberry was just to give it the you know, traditional Berliner Weiss. When you when you order it, uh, you can either have it 
clean, right? just as the wheat beer, the, the sour itself, or, you know, in, in Germany, they give you the opportunity to, to pick three different styles of syrup which you put in there to flavor it. So um, mm. uh, the, the effort there was to, to give you a little bit of flavor. Obviously, black beer is not one of those flavors, but, uh, you know, just to give, give, give a hint of uh, free flavor to, to give it that essence of traditional advice. I might take, take try a splash of that before I take off today, just to say I have. Oh, <laughs> I'm so happy. <laughs> Easy. All right, so, and then the second or third for me. Second, third. <laughs> and we don't count. Um, <laughs> we have is uh, number six, the water is cold IPA. So, when I'm sipping it, this is my first technically cold IPA. It tastes kind of just like a a, a a hazy. Can you can you explain to me a non IPA guy what in the world a cold IPA is? It is a lager. It's a lager. <laughs> it's a lager. <laughs> it's an IPL. IPL, yeah. So technically, the difference. I, I think the, the effort uh, between the IPL and the uh, old IPA is to differentiate. An IPL a lot of times is going to be light, bright, crisp, and has that hot bitterness, almost like a pilsner. Um, it doesn't necessarily always have a lot of flavor. Right. Okay. So the, the cold IPA is the kind of reciprocal of that where you have an opportunity to have the flavor of a hazy IPA, but the crisp, light finish of a, of a, of a lager. So it's, uh, it's, it's fermented with a lot of yeast. Um, just uh, obviously the, the temperature is the, the difference because an ale is going to uh, be a little warmer than, than that. But uh, we, were, we were super excited about how that came out. Uh, it was good, good, good nose. There's good uh, citrusy and piney. Um, things that happen on the palate mm-hmm. get a good, good little bit of hot bitterness on the, on the finish mm-hmm. but it ultimately kind of cleans up and, and goes away pretty quick so that's kind of where that lager comes in so and, kind of like the Italian Pilsner is the gateway for Hayes Boys to Crispy Boys <laughs> this is the gateway for old Crispy Boys to work into Hazy IPAs right I mean <laughs> <laughs> That's why I, my first sip, I'm like, I'm kind of confused because I get the I get the hop and I get the citrus up front, and then the finish is like, wait a minute, I, I've had this before, but not in an IPA, and it just makes perfect sense that it's got that lager finish. Which, if you ever distro this, I'd buy this by the case. And uh, I might have to just chase me a little. Meal, yeah, well, is, I can uh, meal. This is fantastic. You know, I, last couple of weeks I've seen yeah, cold IPA pop up here and there on Instagram. I'm like, what the heck is a cold IPA? I mean, I've been in the craft beer biz for about two years full time. I've been around for I've never heard cold IPA until recently. Now it makes perfect sense. Thank you for the education and the great beer. I mean, trust me, this is. Fantastic. Here to Lexington. Come and And a buddy of mine have a running joke of how do you tell a quality beer when you get the striations down the side of the glass, and both of us have plenty of striation down the side of the glass. <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> um, 
So, all right, all right, all right. Well, Kenny, as always, we give the guests the final word on anything they'd like to add, teach the future, or just general thoughts and exclamations about your product and brand. So the floor is yours. Well, thank you guys for being here. Uh, certainly appreciate the opportunity to, to talk beer all the time. As you know, you've been in here before, so I don't mind talking beer. <laughs> uh, obviously don't mind talking beer while sipping beer, so cheers <laughs> to you guys. Um, but uh, we are... Again, very excited about being here, very humbled and very, very uh, appreciative of the community in which we are uh, fortunate to be a part of. Um, we, uh, we just look forward to the future and, and four more years, at least. Yes, yeah, absolutely, because uh, Cheers to you that. might see me more in the future because my daughter's <laughs> going to South Carolina in the fall, so I've got four years <laughs> Excellent, excellent. Well, folks, always follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Upstate Beer Boys. And keep it right here when we come back. We're going to stay in the heavy metal vein and speak with our fellow beer influencer of the same vein, Stephen at That Metal Guy 1983 out in Washington State. So, rock on. Yeah. (laughs) Rock on and keep it with us, Upstate Beer Boys. Don't bear to watch the children. Some old riverboat Always watch out for a red-headed woman Oh, government man When he's thirsty for those things that I should have known Don't call your ex up when you drink tequila Don't drink tequila with Gustavo The Upstate Beer Boys Podcast. And back in the Upstate, we are. Well, at least uh, Steve and I are. Chase is still stuck somewhere down in the Midlands area. But hey. Not stuck. I chose this life. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You chose it. Just remember that. <laughs> Come summertime. Uh, but hey, you know, we learned that there's some good breweries in his area, too. Man, we can't wait to get back down to Angry Fish. Beer is great. The vibe of the place is awesome. And they always have killer music playing. We learned that uh, Kenny Burr there and the owner, a big metal fan, which I dig that. My teen years is what I like to call the golden age of metal music. Metal music and beer, they go well together. And with that, joining us is one of the most energetic beer reviewers in the game. He goes by... That Metal Guy, 1983, on YouTube and Instagram. Steven, welcome to the Upstate Beer Boys podcast. Thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. No problem. Um, so let's start with your name. Now, not all, but most people in the craft beer review game have the word beer in their names. 
Not all do, but most does. And yours is not. So what is the story behind That Metal Guy 1983? Well, uh, started. I chose that name uh, many years ago. Uh, even before I started regularly doing videos, I did a couple little here and there. But uh, there was a show on VH1 uh, Classic that was called That Metal Show. Mm-hmm. And with uh, Jim Florentine, Don Jameson, and Eddie Trunk. And they showcased all these metal groups, and it was awesome. So, hence, that metal guy, because uh, of play on the show. And then my birth year is 1983. And uh, my channel, uh, for a while, was primarily beard products, for a while. And then that switched into craft beer. Now I dabble in a little bit of everything. But uh, my heart's in craft beer, but... Uh, just wanted a name where I could just kind of go whatever to what I was feeling at the time and not be kind of stuck in one particular subject or genre. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's, that's, that's pretty interesting. Um, yeah. And you can lend that to do whatever you want, whether you want to do beer reviews, beard product reviews. Uh, I've seen you had um, some little, uh, was it the uh, furry bones? Bones. <laughs> I remember that video. <laughs> there he is. There's a new one. That's a cupcake one. <laughs> Dare I say that sweet? Oh, dear God. The king of corny jokes and this. The bad man. dad jokes are coming. For the record, by the way, I also am one of those non beer handle people. <laughs> yeah, Chase, we know. We know. We know. <laughs> Me and Chase are fluid. Yes, <laughs> it's it must Channel be fluid. it must be in the beards. It must be in the beards. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right. So you said that you started off doing beard product reviews. Yeah. How did you transition that to include what we love, craft beer? Well, my first actual couple full-on videos on my channel were craft beer. I did one for one of my buddies' beers, and and then I did like a. Uh, Avenged Sevenfold album review. So it was kind of just little random snippets. And then there was like a four-year period where I did nothing. And then uh, I joined the beard community and started down that journey. And my uh, passion for craft beer got reignited. I found that I had built my palate to be able to enjoy certain beers that I wouldn't be able to enjoy before. So it kind of opened up the door to everything for me. I wasn't instantly a IPA lover. I'll just put it that way. Like at one point I couldn't do IPAs. I thought they were God awful and now I love them. Uh, But I think once you train your palate to pick up the nuances to the different hops and the different adjuncts and this and that IPAs are awesome. So but uh, yeah, that's kind of the deal there. So, see yeah. Wayne, one day you can hope to grow up to be just like metal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, nothing wrong with that, you know. One thing you always uh, tag in your videos is um, your your oh yeah army and yeah. the oh yeah army pillars. You want to talk about that for a second? Like, you know, where did that come from? Um, well, the oh yeah thing is something I've always done. I've always been like, oh yeah. And it started out really creepy. It was more like a, oh yeah. 
kind of thing. <laughs> but uh, the uh, the pillars part of it, and I'll go back for a second. I sorry, ADHD moment. Um, but uh, the uh, the combination of the Oh Yeah Boys is really Ken Kenneth from the early Eminem CDs, the Kool Aid Man, and Randy Savage all into one. <laughs> it's really where that voice comes from. Uh, and that's, uh, quite a that's where it, it culminated. Uh, but, uh, you know, oh, this is Ken Kenneth, mm, slim anus, you know, and then you've got, uh, oh yeah, brother. And then you've got, oh yeah, Kool-Aid. And then it all comes together to be me. But, uh, on a more serious note, the, uh, oh yeah, army pillars are something I feel like my life has been spared after near death experiences to share with the world. Uh, I think that if we all tried to spread peace, love and understanding and embrace equality and acceptance, that the world would be a better place. Uh, first showing those to yourself, then your friends, your family, your acquaintances, the animals and the environment that, uh, we can make a difference if we all tried to do that a bit more. So, I feel like I'm still around to share that message. So that's why I try to say it in all my videos. So. Bravo. Nice, nice, nice. Um, well, uh, speaking of your YouTube channel, you, in for somewhat recent memory, you um, passed the, what's the word I want to call it? The pillar, well, the, for lack of a better word, and to tie into the last question, the pillar, so to speak, of one thousand subscribers, which of course means, yeah. which of course means monetization. Now, were you getting? Now, were the beard product something that you were already monetizing, and then YouTube is extra, or is the YouTube really just like the one K, really just the I made it moment? So the interesting thing about the one K moment is. It was a really awesome milestone, but there's a certain amount of watch time you have to have before uh, you get monetized, and mm -hmm. I'm not there yet, so I'm going to start doing a whole bunch of live streams to get there. Mm -hmm. um, so you have to have 1,000 subscribers and 4,000 hours of watch time wow. to get monetized. So it, it's a pretty significant amount, and it has to be within a 12-month period that you have that 4,000 hours. Holy so, cow. Uh, it's it's pretty extreme, but I'm trying to uh, get there. Uh, I'm, I feel like it's obtainable for sure. Mm -hmm. um, but I think where my real monetization is going to kick in is I'm working on a few things with a few designers for merchandise. I'm talking hats, shirts, beer glasses, coasters, the whole thing. Uh, so. Uh, Working on that. I'm also working with a musician on getting a couple theme songs or some music for my videos created. So, nice. um, which will be themed to my name with the lyrics. Uh, so, some things in the works, man. Uh, so, that's kind of the deal there. But yeah, not to go too off track, but uh, YouTube changed the uh, criteria a year ago. And I didn't know that because it used to be you hit a thousand subscribers and you got monetized. Then they added that little four thousand yeah. uh, watch time hours in there, and you're going, "Oh!" Yeah. <laughs> it used to it used to be an or. It used to be an or. Now it's an and. <laughs> yeah, that yeah that that thing right there. Yep. 
And but, uh, the double-edged sword that we deal with making with the fact that we uh, do this off of three to four to five to six minute videos, 4,000 hours is a lot. <laughs> but just to uh, put it out there, uh, I've never charged for a review. I never intend to charge for a review, whether that's from a beard product company or a brewery. Um, I'm in it for the passion. Have I been sent free products and free beer? Yes, I have. But I never ask for any other compensation outside of that. You send me something, I'll review it. I'll give you my honest opinion. And I've had some pretty, uh, especially with beard products, some pretty crunchy situations where I've had to be like, hey, this wasn't good. <laughs> and, you know, it, it is what it is, you know, like, but you're only as good as your word. If you're blowing smoke out of people's butts about something and then they get it and they go, wow, this is trash, then you've lost all credibility. Same thing with beer. You go, this beer is fantastic. And then all of a sudden they drink and they go, this tastes like urinal water, then you're not doing so hot, you know? <laughs> true, true, true. Rock on. But, uh, yeah. Anyways, not to go too off base, but... No problem. Well, yeah, I don't know if you've had a a chance to listen to our show. But in this segment here, when we have guests on, we like to play a little word association game where we okay. uh, bring up uh, either a, a, ask a question or we bring up something and you get try to that. match it up with what um, matches best in your mind. So being that uh, you're that metal guy, uh, we're going to give you a series of different uh, hard rock, heavy metal bands. And you tell us which beer style matches best. So I call this segment, we're going to bring on hoppy metal. <laughs> All right. He's done that a few times. You get used to it after a while. <laughs> yeah. It sounded better in my head. Trust me. All right. It was so, great. We're going to start off with a classic tried and true band. This one's been around for ages and they have a signature sound and they have a signature look. Uh, one or two notes in the opening of most of their songs, you know exactly which band's playing. So um, we're talking about ACDC, you know, Back in Black, Hell's Bells, Dirty Deeds, None Dirt, Dirt Cheap. Uh, the list goes on and on. So, all right. Tell me what beer style matches best with it. The classic ACDC. Uh, I gotta say, like a domestic lager for sure. Ah, yeah, because that's like those early days of just getting, you know, shit housed on a whole bunch of freaking crap beer at shows, <laughs> at parties, you know, Bud Miller, uh, even, you know, like, you know, some, you know, Coronas, whatever. You know, the, uh, but, uh, you know, it's that, it's that logger thing. Then, you know, it's just tried and true. You just freaking slam them. You could just shotgun them. You could do whatever. And that, that's what loggers remind me of. And, you know, it's a staple, you know, they're a staple in, uh, the, uh, the fabric of pop culture. And so is ACDC. So that's why I would say ACDC is definitely domestic logger. <laughs> I would expand upon that a little bit and I would even go one step further. I, I, I would say Paps Blue Ribbon because they've been around as long as ACDC and 
ACDC. As long as you don't say Schlitz, then we're good, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, because even the younger kids are coming around to Paps Blue Ribbon and the younger Throw a little lime and Paps and you're good to go, bro. With a you know, tequila shot and then that, oh, you're good to go. <laughs> I appreciate the fact that you didn't go with one of the easy choices with the top two songs. Back in black, of course, you could have, you know, could have been an easy out with an Imperial Stout or something. And Hell's Bells could have just could have been something uh, phonetical with a Hellas Lager. So I appreciate that you just yeah. kind of grabbed something. Yeah, random. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always outside of the box. I'm the black sheep, man. Always have been, always will be. Go to my own tune and yeah, don't do what's popular. I do what I like. So. <laughs> yes, sir. All right, so this next one is a favorite of mine. Again, they are known worldwide, and they've helped change the face of metal for years. I have seen this band live two times, and both times was like, to me, it was in their prime. Uh, So many awesome songs like For Who the Bell Tolls, Creeping Dead, (laughs) one, even... Enter Sandman. I got my stars right here, baby. (laughs) Master of Puppets. I am talking about Metallica. So, and you know, they've changed over the years too. They're they're not exactly what they were when they came out in eighty three, eighty four. So, all right. So, hit me with uh, what you think of your style match well with Metallica. Automatically, I think barrel-aged stout. And I will tell you why. So, a well-done barrel-aged stout just has so many nuances and notes to it. It just, at its peak performance, peak experience, when you're tasting it, just like when you listen to Metallica, peak musicianship, right? Uh, you know, it's a symphony on your taste buds. I think they are one of those bands that are just pivotal. Uh, of course, I've got several tattoos of them, which, I mean, I'm a huge fan of. But uh, that, and, you know, they've, they're throwing their hat into the uh, uh, the spirits ring with Blackened. Uh, so also that, but, uh, you know, I think that, yeah, they're definitely hard. They're they're exquisite. They're you know they have many layers to their story and their music. So that would be why I choose them as a barrel aged stout. And of yes, course, that's, that's very cool. And of course, similar to barrel aged stouts like Metallica, they get more refined with age. That's right, man. They sound better now uh, live than when I saw them. Like, I saw them in 2017, and I also saw them in 2010, and they sounded better in 2017 the last time I saw them. And not a lot of bands can say that. Yeah. They just can't. And not a lot of bands that have been around for 40 years can sell out a 35,000 audience. 35,000 audience, man, dude. We were at Cheney Stadium, and it was... Soul, not Cheney, Century Link, excuse me, in Seattle. And it was packed. I mean, there was no room. 
every spot was gone. Man, it was just phenomenal. Uh, Production-wise, one of the it had to be the best show I've ever seen. When they play one live with the uh, helicopter noises, the uh, napalm going off, the gunfire, it's for me, <laughs> it's like a spiritual experience, man. Uh, I don't know if that makes sense, but if you're like a true metalhead, when you listen to certain songs, you get chills all up and down your body. Uh, and, you know, it takes you to a special place. Uh, seeing them live is undescribable. If you're a diehard fanatic like me, then it really is like going to church. So. <laughs> now, you said you saw them in CenturyLink Field, which, of course, is the, the one of the most pre- uh present tenants in that building are the Seattle Seahawks who are known for the 12th man and their claim to fame is how loud they get. So let's get a little music nerd talk going on even more so than we're already having. And how did the acoustics work in that building? Um, Well, I would say it depends on your, your sound people uh, because I'm a huge Avenged Sevenfold fan. They actually played that show with them. Like, big fan. Uh, and their sound people for that particular uh, venue was not good. It's the worst they've ever sounded that since I've seen them. And I've seen them three times. Uh, but uh, I would say it depends on your sound people. Because, uh, I mean, Metallica sounded phenomenal. Uh, Avenged Sevenfold sounded pretty good. Gojira sounded like dog shit. Uh, it was god awful. I was very disappointed because that was the year uh, uh, Selvera came out, that whole album Magma. And that album is incredible, but their sound was garbled and garbage and I was pissed off, but, uh, Metallica, <laughs> I mean, they were playing with like 40 foot 4k screens behind them, dude. Oh my God. It was just incredible. It was, the laser shows that they did. I mean, mm. there's only one band that relatively holds a candle to them live that I've seen. And this band never comes to the States and that's Romstein. Romstein live just from the pyrotechnics aspect you will never forget that concert uh i mean they had a guy in a they had a guy that was a, like a stunt guy and they had an old school like gas pump and they shot fire out of it and they lit him on fire and the guy was running around on stage on fire it was freaking epic dude but uh, anyways, That's I guess amazing. next band, because I'm going to go on a tangent, because you get me on music, dude. I'll talk your ear off for hours, man. <laughs> well, speaking of uh, Metallica in live, I saw them twice in 19, uh, one in 88 and one in 89. Uh, 88 oh, was uh, oh. the <laughs> Monsters of Rock in Miami, Florida, where they weren't even the headliner. They were like, they were behind they, they opened up for the i mean i wasn't game. even in elementary finish. school yet bro i was four <laughs> i was four <laughs> that's why steven, i said i grew up in the golden age of metal yeah. you know steven i'm 83 also 
<laughs> All right, on. We have that in common. I mean, my name's spelled better than yours, but you know, we can't. We can't live. Uh, I said, I, I'm a Southern country boy. I'm not supposed to be a PH. Right. Well, I, I have the biblical spelling and I haven't lived up to it my whole life. So, <laughs> rock on. Oh, yeah. We move on to the next uh, band question here. Let's see. Well, who's not following along now? <laughs> Wayne's beer setting him right now. He's going, oh shit. <laughs> oh, I, I am I am old. Yes, you just we we did go over the fact you just dated yourself a little bit. Just a little. <laughs> All right. Well, I will go next. Um our next band is one that Nessar hasn't gone mainstream like ACDC or Metallica, but I would dare say they're one of the more influential bands and they have a huge fan base. Yeah. Um, their song Sober is just an instant classic as far as I'm concerned. So when I bring up the band Tool, what beer style would go across with them, which I would think that would be more of your necessarily uh, unconventional ones, maybe. I don't know. You tell me. Yeah. They're a barley wine, man. Mm. They're a barley wine. You went they way are, off the reservation where I was going. <laughs> yeah. I, and I figured you, most people would think that, but barley wines are done with so many different, like, out-of-the-box things. And that is tool. They are so far left than mainstream metal. Lyrically, imagery, time signatures. I mean, yeah, they are avant-garde metal, I would say, almost in a way. And yeah, they, I would say that they are definitely barley wine. They hit hard. They pack a punch. But they take you on a ride. They are definitely... A roller coaster, just like that last barley wine that I reviewed on my channel. That one that was aged in gin barrels. Yes, mm-hmm. I mean, dude, there's no way or rhyme or reason that should have tasted like freaking caramel candy, but it did. And <laughs> you know, oh, probably made it a heck of a lot smoother than most barley wines. <laughs> it had a lot going for it. Yeah, I'll send you a link for the one I've done in the past, and that was for Sierra Nevada's Into the Woods uh, uh, Vintage Bigfoot. I had bottle-aged that probably for a couple of years. So by the time I probably got to it, it was probably at a good 20%. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was schnockered after finishing that bottle. And I mean, yeah, it was like a 24-ounce bottle. Yeah, I was feeling good. <laughs> yeah, That's, from a Sierra uh, yeah. uh, Nevada. Open tool is a barley wine, one hundred percent. Well, well, well. The time is now. One band I saw in twenty nineteen a couple times features a killer drummer with no shortage of aggressive moshes, and for a drummer, he's got one hell of a set of pipes. 
Now we know bleeding is a luxury, but what can you tell us about the beer styles that match up best with the Treyu? Dude. <laughs> I, I stumped him. New- I stumped him. <laughs> you have a, I have a newfound love for a Treyu too after this baptized album. That was my that's been my theme song during the pandemic, bro. Like that song got me through some shit. Uh that album did. That was my most listened to album of last year. I think it's pretty close to still being there, but uh, damn. All right. Yeah. Give me a minute. Give me a minute. Give me a minute. (laughs) They're definitely. I really did stump them. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Give me a second. Give me a second. Yeah, I'm going to say they are a, they're definitely a fruited sour. They're definitely like, you know, as that heart punch, that sour punch, but then that sweetness of their melodies kicks in. Their lyrics are triumphant and yeah no it has to be made by the right brewery they have to be made by the right producer for you to get full appreciation of them because you got to have that abv hitting just right but uh i definitely feel like yeah they would be a fruited sour smoothie sour whatever you want to call it they that is what i think of when i think of a tree and i can't believe you pulled that band out how did you know that was one of my favorite bands man (laughs) Got intuition again. It must be the beard. Are you stalking me? <laughs> <laughs> Are you stalking me? Because that would be super. <laughs> Jason's who's, a little bit of a stalker. Who's whose playlist? Whose playlist did we uh, did we sneak? <laughs> did you put malware on my phone, bro? <laughs> <laughs> that was a good pull. Yeah, man that that got me for a minute, dude. That really did. Nice. So, damn. All right. Well, in keeping with the, uh, well, as far as my opinion, the newer bands, this next one comes from Virginia. And like most bands, they've been through name changes. They've been through lineup changes as well. They've toured with Ozfest a couple times with Metallica and with Slayer in their final world tour, 1819. You may or may not have heard this might be another one of your favorite bands. So. When I say the words Lamb of God, what style comes up next? Damn. Lamb of God is one of my all-time favorite bands. Uh, I've seen them live twice. Uh, The last time was at the Slayer End of World Tour a couple years back. And they stole the show from, from Slayer. Which is hard to do, but <laughs> especially with them headlining, and oh my god, just I mean, crap. <laughs> uh, Slayer, Lamb of God, Lamb of God, Lamb of God, Lamb of God. Uh, So for me, Lamb of God, 
And I think Randy would appreciate this would be a, because he's also a, a coffee aficionado as well. I would say a, he's got to be like a coffee, a coffee stout. Uh, not only is it getting you effed up, but it's getting you hyped up at the same time. <laughs> you know, like, and it's, and it's just got the, you know, the, the sweetness, yet that packet of punch at the same time. Oh, Lamb of God Live, if you ever get a chance, you have to see them because it's undescribable, man. There's few bands. <clears throat> excuse me. Woo! Few bands that, yeah. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> few bands that are better live than they are on the album and i can honestly say lamb of god is that band they are better live than they are on the album and i know that might sound crazy because you think audio but something about uh randy when he gets live his screams his growls his cleans are even better when he's live and i think that's because he really just gets into it that much more than being in the studio so that's that's my answer for Lamb of God. Very nice. Uh, I do like coffee beers as well. You know, it's been, there's I need to find a coffee IPA. It's about the only coffee style beer I haven't found yet. Coffee lagers, coffee pilsners, coffee stouts, coffee porters. No problem. Coffee IPA. I need to find one. I've actually had one from up here in the Pacific Northwest. I know, shocker, because we're like Coffee Central. <laughs> and it was a black IPA. Oh! Near and dear to Chase's heart. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Uh, and actually, the people that I reviewed today on my channel, they put it out. Uh, Mount Olympus from Aberdeen. So. Very but, sweet. Yeah, Mount Olympus uh, puts out one of my hands-down most favorite IPAs of all time, which is Hawaiian Chieftain. It is one of the juiciest, haziest IPAs on the face of the planet. It's phenomenal. It's so well-balanced between juice, hops, and freaking IBUs and freaking alcohol content, dude. It's... It's badass, dude. If you guys ever come up here, we gotta hit that spot, dude. We will. We gotta drive down and <laughs> go to freaking Aberdeen, man. And I'll take you guys over to freaking uh, Kurt Cobain's child at home too. We can go take a picture in front. Very nice. I, I got some uh, some beer for once or friend trips to plan in in the next year. So we'll see. Yeah, I definitely think that should be something that we all plan on once mm -hmm. the uh, pandemic dies down a bit more. I think that's something that is definitely something that should be in the works is, you know, meetups. I think we should orchestrate like all the content creators get together at a central point and do a meetup where we hang out for a few days and go on vacation. I think that would be awesome. Agreed. I'm down. <laughs> yeah, that would be sick, dude. <laughs> Debauchery at its finest. Debauchery. <laughs> All right, all right. Well, 
we got this. And all I want right now is for you to rescue me from my paranoia. And we know all signs point to Lauderdale. But if it means a lot to you, how about you be Tails, I'll be Sonic, and go into what beer styles remind you best of the degenerates known as a day to remember. And I promise I will harbor no resentment at your choices. And I hope you appreciated my punny setup. <laughs> and they say I've got the dad jokes around here. <laughs> For some reason, when I think of a day to remember, it's another one of those party bands. So I got to think of like malt liquor, dude. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Shot through my heart. <laughs> That's high gravity malt liquor, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it could be craft malt liquor. I mean, does such a thing even exist? <laughs> if it doesn't, somebody needs to do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, actually, last year, uh, Magnetic South and uh, Liability did a collab craft uh, malt liquor. I missed out on that, though. <laughs> Well, the next band is out of California and has been around since 1999. That is Avenged Sevenfold. To me, their best known song is Hail to the King. They can be heavy. They can be melodic. I can see why they're as popular as they are. What beer style comes to mind when we say Avenged Sevenfold? Which I believe you touched on a little bit already. So now you get to dive in a little deeper. Damn. <laughs> chase with the heavy hitters. Yeah, I know. Damn you, Chase. You suck. <laughs> um, I turned my when turn I think coming of up on all sevenfold for me, they have been pivotal. I've been listening to them pretty much since I came out. Uh, I discovered them at Backcountry. And then I went back to sounding the seven trumpets. And then I, you know, you know, City of Evil, you know, City of Evil, and then everything after that. And I have every release that they've ever done. Um, Judd? I would say if I could describe them in any kind of a way, just because of the the weirdness that they are, but the strongness that they are, their the way they come together, they would be a barrel aged farmhouse. If I could describe them in any way, barrel aged farmhouse. Does that even exist? <laughs> I'm sure it does. <laughs> I'd want to try it. Wow. High ABV, high octane, funky, sour, earthy, just, you know, from the earth, stuck together, tried and true. So, yeah, that's my answer for Avenged Sevenfold, Barrel Edge Farmhouse. Maybe we can get Birds Fly South on the bandwagon to doing that since they do all this their saisons. <laughs> 
Yeah, they do uh, sours and farmhouses. And they I'm just saying, I breweries, if you want to make a That Metal Guy 1983 beer, let's do it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's, the, that's the only collab I haven't done. I've done a whole bunch of beard company collabs where I've created my own scents. I need to create my own beer with a brewery. I think that would be freaking epic as shit, dude. Hell to the yes. And I've definitely paid my dues 460 videos in. So. <laughs> <laughs> We've Girl. got something up our sleeves for that, but for ours. But Asses better be sending me some so I can review it on the channel. Well... We got to get there first. So we, just... we might we might have to dry ice it as it will probably be a crowler, but we'll do our best. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Stay tuned. Yeah. All right. So last but certainly not <laughs> least, um, we have Hate Breed. I will be honest. I don't know much about them, but you did a review on a collaboration beer that they did with a brewery and you actually got to use their song on your video, which is so freaking awesome. Yeah. They gave me the green light on that, man, which was pretty freaking epic. I yeah. asked the question and I didn't think I'd get a response. And they said, yeah, go for it. I was like, Gee. so held to yeah on that. So, all right. And you can even drop their own beer if you want. Um, what beer comes to mind when we say hate breed? And, you know, educate me a little bit. Tell me about the hate breed guys. Make Wayne want to put them more on his playlist. <laughs> uh, well, let me tell you, as far as they are the, they are for the underdog. Uh, they are about, I'm not going to take any shit from anybody. I'm not going to deal with getting harassed, bullied, picked on, and if you try that with me, I'm going to make you swallow your throat kind of shit. Um, no punches pulled, no holes barred. They are pure aggression in its finest. They're heavy hitting, but they can do, you know, the melodic stuff. So I would say, and even though <laughs> I had their beer, Yes, they, they have to be uh, it just it makes sense for them to be like a craft craft lager like their beer was lit for this lager. Uh, no, no, I changed my answer. Oh. They are a triple imperial IPA. That is what they are. They will kick you in, and they will freaking knock you in the dirt. And they are bitey, aggressive. They are in your face. And that is my answer. Hate breed is definitely a, a triple imperial IPA, man. Those guys, yeah. And Jamie Joster, the lead singer, he is a renaissance metal metal. He has kept the metal genre alive for the last decade. He Freaking uh, side story produced and got all the side musicians together to make D. Snyder's uh, solo album happen. Because he bet him, he's like, I bet you can't do a modern metal album. And he's like, 
if I do, will he produce it? And he did. Uh, awesome. But uh, he has a podcast. He, you know, he does, he like brings up all these smaller bands to go on tour with him. He's just kind of like keeping the scene alive. So uh, love me some hate breed. Love me, Jamie Josta, man. So. Speaking of pod, speaking of podcasts, we of course are one and one of my inspirations to rope these two knuckleheads into starting this project with me was uh, one from my home state of Connecticut called the Beer Man Beer Podcast. And Hatebreed actually did a promo read for them and also allowed them to use music in their show. On top of what you said to sing up Hatebreed's uh, relationship, dedication to this industry and community as a whole, that they're very easy to reach out to, very personable. For sure. Back to uh, (laughs) we said on the triple IPAs. Yeah. They will mess you up. Uh, if I can get my hands on another couple of those crafter dies, I may have to send you one of those. There, Stephen, that metal guy. Yeah, man, hell yeah. Uh, and yeah, when one of my uh, breweries that I first built a relationship with that actually sent me out their product was Nakazi out of Oregon, and they have a triple called Megalodon or mm-hmm. Megalodon. Uh, which is the female Megalodon. And that's a 10 percenter, dude. And they sell that in a tall boy, too. They sell that in 20 freaking four-ounce cans. You want to talk about getting wrecked? (laughs) 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 That'll do it. (laughs) Yeah, you said they gave you their blessing to use their music. How we all, all, you know, and anyone that uh, has gone down the YouTube rabbit hole before knows that a lot of times and sometimes even on Instagram too, you can get slapped with uh we've taken down your content. We've removed this blah, blah, blah. If you don't have that green light, what, what did you have to do to kind of quote unquote, for lack of a better term, tell YouTube that, Hey, this is okay. Don't take down my video. Well, then I take down my video. They hit me with a copyright strike. Um, but it won't be pursued by hate breed and, once I get monetized, I'll send it to Hatebreed and they'll just be like, yeah, we gave them permission. So I'm not really tripping on it right now, but I got you. I mean, I thought it'd blow up a lot more than it did, but I mean, it does have, I think like 120 views, which is still pretty good for one of my mm-hmm. videos. So yeah. Any more follow-ups, Chase? No, no, no. You can go ahead. Steven, we're on the East coast and you're on, yeah. you're in Washington state. Yes, sir. So thinking Great Notion is in your area or in your neck of the woods. Yes, sir. So we're all great fans or big fans of Great Notion. I had, I don't know, a couple months ago, maybe we were sitting in Wayne's garage and I had brought in one of the Great Notions. We cracked it open together. So tell us a little bit about other breweries that are up in your area, like who are the power players, Uh, maybe up-and-comers, dark horse breweries maybe? Depends on what style we're talking about. Um, And uh, one of the breweries that I really feel like is a dark horse, it's not super prevalent yet, but I really feel like 
once they get their footing that they're just going to run away, which is going to be Black Fleet Brewing out of Tacoma, Washington. Uh, they're a brewery that I work with frequently, um, and they're just phenomenal, man. Between IPAs, their sours, their orders, everything they do is just freaking great. Um, and they they really care uh, about what they're doing. So I think Black Fleet Brewing out of Tacoma, Washington is definitely one to watch out for. Um, another one out of the area that I feel like that will take off would be uh, Seven Seas out of Tacoma is another one. Um, they're sour game, and it's not like the uh, same kind of style like we are used to, like the smoothie sours, but just like sour ales, they're they're killing it with that. Um, their IPAs are great too, um, but I mean, Washington State as a whole is the world's <laughs> largest producer of hops, so. Oh. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, so when you think about <laughs> when we get IPAs up here from a local brewery, it's as fresh as you can get, bro. It's ridiculous. Um, it's it's nuts. Great Notion is by far and away amazing. For me, their stouts and their sour game is where they shine. Uh, especially their uh their sours uh their stouts that i've had recently are phenomenal one of their stouts that they made that i reviewed on my channel is by far and away one of the best stouts i've ever had and the pleasure of drinking which was half and half um it was half barrel aged half not barrel aged with blueberry coconut and vanilla and it was freaking amazing uh, let's see who else is a great brewery uh, E9 which is actually because they put their brewery in an old firehouse <laughs> oh engine house 9 uh, yeah mayor perked up for that one <laughs> yeah. uh, and they they're pretty prevalent here in, in Washington I hope they get some backing and distribution as well um, tell, tell me which one that one is one more time. I'm a fireman full time, so E as in Echo Nine E Nine. Got not it. To, not to be confused with D Nine, which is in our neck of the woods. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, they make some great brews. I've reviewed them a few times on the channel. Uh, but uh, their cans are unmistakable. They all kind of look the same. They change the colors of the labels. But, uh, yeah, you know when you're going to get E9. Um, yeah, man, I don't know. Like, there's just so many up here because it's just, like, pop country. And they just bring up everywhere. Like, But I would say those are some of the local favorites for me, for sure. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> With That was a fresh hop right there. With emphasis. 
with, with the fresher hops, do you think West Coast IPAs taste different in Washington than anywhere else? Any IPA that's made by a local brewery, if it's localized hops, absolutely. 110%. And, uh, yeah, I bet those things are super fresh. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's, yeah, it's special. So, like I said, like on one of my all-time favorite hops, or sorry, all-time favorite breweries, uh, IPAs is uh, Mount Olympus. Oh, I got to include Mount Olympus in that conversation. What was I thinking? I already talked about it. Mount Olympus <laughs> is definitely in the in the conversation too. They're in Aberdeen. I just don't think of them as local, but they're like two hours away. But yeah, uh, Mount Olympus Brewing, Orlando over there. He's doing some awesome stuff. Like I just reviewed them today. Pineapple Habanero IPA, freaking amazing. Uh, I've got a barrel aged stout that he uh, gave me to review, which is fourteen percent. Um, and that is uh, aged with bourbon barrels with chilies and chocolate. Uh, so that should be pretty awesome. How much heat was on the back end of that habanero when you reviewed it's today? definitely not on the back end in that beer, bro. Oh, it's not on the back end? Yeah, Ooh. no, the, the sweetness was in the back end. The heat was up front and present for that one. Hmm. I like the hot beers. These these guys. Yeah, the man, that one. Likes the hot beers. A hazy, and it's got the heat and sweet, bro. Yeah, I was mm-hmm. sold. Like, let me get thirty-two ounces of this. <laughs> yeah, you're a big fan of sours. I'm a big yeah. fan of sours. Stephen the mayor's kind of half in, half out, but enough of a fan that we can say he's a fan. We're still trying to get Wayne to turn the corner on him. So pretend you're a big sales pitch man. And give Wayne your best marketing pitch on sour, on anything sour. So I would say as far as my best marketing pitch, sours can take you back to like taste and smell are some of the best memory recalls that you can have, even more so than sight and touch. Uh, So what I would say with sours... They take me a lot back to growing up in my childhood. Uh, The nostalgic sour candies, fruit, you know, like eating it on a nice hot day, like takes you back into some really great memories. And it's just the flavors are fun. You know, like beer is supposed to be fun. It's not supposed to be so serious. It's about experimentation. It's about creativity. And, you know, that is what the sour game is. They are all about creativity. What can we put together to create an amazing experience for your taste buds? And so if that hasn't sold you yet, then I can't help you. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, let me expound upon what uh, Chase is trying to say is I'm not opposed to sours, but what I do like as I do like a tart beer. What I don't like is an overly salty beer. Because to me, so ghosts are not your thing. <laughs> salty beers, they dry my mouth out. Therefore, they're not refreshing. So if it's not refreshing, 
why am I drinking it? Wayne, you're killing me, Smalls, because it's about the experience, bro. Not everything's oh. going to be refreshing when you drink it. Yes. Well, it's not like I've never reviewed sours or gozes, and there might be a few that appear on the channel here pretty soon. So, uh, you know, you just gotta you gotta open yourself up. <laughs> if you go back to my channel, if you go back to the origins of it, um, you hardly see any IPAs. And then if you look at like the last ten videos, there are probably um, seven of them right now. So, palettes change. Berliner style. When you see 450 North and it says Berliner style or whatever, mm -hmm. it's like, all right, that's a sour, right? <laughs> right. But uh, any hooser. All right. So we've talked about your your craft beer reviews. We've talked about your beard product reviews. But uh, one thing that I want to touch on is that you have recently uh, been bringing more awareness to uh, mental health awareness issues. That's uh, I know you're an advocate for it. Um, so give us an insight on what you're currently doing or if you have future projects lined up or anything that you want to touch in that spectrum while we have you on here. Well, um, mental health has always been important to me. Um, and it's always been something I've been cognizant of. My dad was extremely mentally ill. So I had to deal with his illness um, and I was kind of his favorite target and he wasn't really medicated properly. So you can imagine what happened there. Um, and I have a now 12 year old who was diagnosed six years ago. She has several things going on. Um, so it's a very important thing to me. Um, I think that there's still too much stigma around it especially in men we're supposed to be these strong silent type that take it on the chin without expressing ourselves and that's why we make up over 75 percent of suicides so i implore anyone who's listening to this that's struggling to seek help whether that's medication talk therapy etc opening up to a friend or family member or even just a non-judgmental third party that to reach out to um that being said as well, uh, my personal journey, I'm, I think, two months in now um, into my own journey. Uh, after going through COVID and some of the things that happened last fall, I ended up getting diagnosed with anxiety and depression, emphasis on the anxiety disorder. Um, and I started medication a couple months back, and it's definitely changed my life for the better. Uh and the house dynamic for the better as well. Um, and uh, been working on things mentally, physically, and spiritually. I'm getting out and taking walks, getting physical, you know, uh, just trying to better myself. So um, you can't, I'll just say this for the audience, you can't take care of anyone else until you take care of yourself. And I have been putting everyone first and on my shoulders for too long. And it gets to a point where that's unsustainable. So you got to do you and you got to take care of you or else you're not going to do anybody any good. Uh, as far as projects I'm working on, I mean, I've had some in the past. We have uh, had a beard product collab that half the proceeds went to mental health awareness. Um, and, uh, you know, next time I get 
uh, hats made through a certain maker. We've talked about taking half the proceeds of that and putting them towards that as well. So um, I definitely am also trying to raise awareness around reform because the system is broken. Um, I think not just <laughs> mental health, but all health as far as the whole health system in this country is shot to hell, but mental health especially, because you can't get the help when you need it in a lot of cases, and they, it's a waiting game, and can't wait on that kind of stuff because tomorrow may not be promised. So um, look for me to work on more of that and keep your eyes open for something like that. I've got videos on my channel that have documented part of my journey talking about mental health and talking about anxiety. So. Um, you want like a first account of that? That's great. And on my Instagram, I document my walks and my live streams and how the days are going for me and the highlights called starting over. Um, check that out. Uh, it might help you with some understanding of yourself or just to feel not so alone. And what you said about not being able to take care of anyone else. Until you can take care of yourself is so a thousand percent true. I've had to tell that to multiple friends in the past, like, like stop trying to carry the weight of the world when you're not capable of doing that. You know, get, get your own shoulders right before you start lifting up anyone else. Cause it will build up and eventually tear you down. Yeah. But we've been programmed since the word go to be the opposite. And we've been programmed as men to be that strong silent type take it on the chin it's not show emotions uh you know just go ahead go to work be the breadwinner never complain whatever and so i'm trying to do my share to flip the script on that i think that we have emotions for a reason and we need to express them because holding them in is how you become a silent statistic and I've lost too many good people in my life due to that. Um, and so don't bottle it up. Don't withdraw as much as you want to talk to somebody. It can change things for you. All right. Well, I'd say let's go around the table and uh, talk about what beers we had uh, while we had this little discussion here. You want me to go first? Well, since you're the guest, yeah, please uh, tell us what you had. So I started out with uh, Firestone Walker's uh, Mind Haze Hopical Crush, uh, which is from their new Hazy IPA pack. And then I followed that up with a Citrus Cyclone IPA, which is a hazy brewed with tangerine. And this is mm. fantastic. That's what you're seeing here. Um, so definitely tasty. Uh, wanted something sweet and juicy because I was hanging out with these sweet guys <laughs> in the in the CWO glass, no, no less. <laughs> Heck yeah, Chug World Order, baby. Uh, mine. I started off with uh, this was a little older, so I don't I don't think it uh, been sitting in the fridge around. I know I, I don't think it tastes quite the same as when it was fresh. But this was Galactic Gator 2, which is by 13 Stripes, a brewery down by us. 
Uh, and this was actually a collaboration with a cigar company, Warp Cigars. So it was uh, oh. milk, milkshake IPA. And when it's fresh, it's very, very, very creamy and very overpowering of uh, sweetness. And uh, the other one I had, of course, um, you're again, you're a sour guy. So I couldn't not have a sour sitting here with you. Uh, that's another local brewery by us called Liability. And their <laughs> flagship, one of their flagship series is called How Do You Spell Bougie? <laughs> I like that. <laughs> and uh, this this one is fruit with passion, fruit and key lime. So Wayne, Ooh, probably, yeah. Wayne, Wayne probably wouldn't like it because it does have a little bit of saltiness to it, but. For the rest I do of, like key limes. For the rest of us, I think it's... Oh, well, shiver me timbers. I wouldn't expect that. <laughs> I was like, it's so weird coming from Wayne that he's not into salty things when his face facial hair is just all salt and pepper. But, oh. you know, whatever. Oh! I'm an old salty dog. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> all right, Stephen with a V. Well, hold on a minute. Chase, I'm very disappointed in you. Mm-hmm. You didn't say collab. No, because you guys have <laughs> taken it to another level. So But it's but it's cute. No. <laughs> I, that that's what you're known not for. When, not says, when other people overpronounce it, it's not cute anymore. <laughs> but it is collab. <laughs> no, he, he's He's bougie he, about it. He is very bougie about it. Pinky's very out. <laughs> yeah, very bougie. Went Come from on. rock on to Pinky's yeah. out. <laughs> and, and speaking of bougie, I'm drinking a a beer from Fireglass. That's you know, yeah. Talk about bougie. Look at that glass. <laughs> Looks like a vase. Looks like a freaking wizard potion over there. Yeah. <laughs> Steven, yeah. you're a wizard. Yeah. <laughs> very, very affordable glass from Instagram. But anyway, so I'm drinking New Grass Brewing, which is an hour drive from us up in Shelby, North Carolina. Strawberry chocolate truffle oak, uh, truffle oak shake, uh, French broad, I can't even speak, French broad chocolate. From up there, strawberries, oat milk, and vanilla. That sounds awesome, dude. It, it's, uh, <laughs> we'll we'll have to get you a couple of different ones that they make. Hey, man! Anytime you guys want me to guest, I'm down. And then the second one I had was one that I just got yesterday. That's Wicked Weed Brewing, which is in Asheville, also nice. But it's Coastal Love IPA. Oh, look at weeds. Good, man. Yeah, they've got some really good beers. So, it's, they say that it is a Coastal Love IPA that's citrusy and crushable. So, 7%. Not bad. It's pretty decent on the ABV. Yeah, that'll, oh, yeah. that'll get you going. <laughs> and then... I had the uh, DD214 Veterans Day IPA from 13 Stripes. Uh, This has been sitting in my fridge since we did the 13 Stripes interview. So it was fixing the age out. This is a, they do, I think they do 
two of these a year. They do one for Memorial Day and they do one for Veterans Day. And it's made with the Yakima Chief Veterans Blend hops. As always, I know no one can see it because we're audio only, but the uh, 13 stripes of their can art is just phenomenal. I was going to say that looks pretty snazzy, man. But uh, it looks like a portion of the proceeds from the sale of this beer uh, for this one, they donated to the Semper Fi Fund to help Lifetime Solutions for their service members, veterans, and their families. So, nice. very noble there. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I got to get you guys on the, on the channel. So we will talk after this, and we got to get you on live stream on the Metal Guy channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll uh, figure that out, and we'll do a little live stream. And it won't just be audio for that. We'll have to actually see your face. <laughs> so, uh, Chase, sorry. You better do something to fix that. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, Mama said I had a face for radio, so. (laughs) All right, well, you know, we've talked about a lot of things, but, you know, uh, as always in this segment, we always give our guests the uh, final word. If there's anything that you want to talk more about or bring up something that we haven't touched on, because I know we touched on a lot of things, but uh, you get the parting shot here. So, floor is yours, sir. Um, I mean, I think that... Right. I just want to talk about just the, the the culture in general that right now is the best time to be a beer drinker than there ever has been. No matter what your flavor, no matter what you're into, uh, there is a beer out there for you. If you don't even consider yourself a beer drinker, I guarantee that you could find something that would be in your wheelhouse. Um, right now is the best time to be alive to be a beer drinker because there are so many different styles, so many variations. Uh, it is a wonderful time to be a beer drinker. So uh, to all the craft beer enthusiasts that are out here listening to this, cheers to you. Hope you're all having a great day. Just uh, take time for yourself. Believe in yourself. Uh, don't let anybody make you feel less than. And. I'm going to do my infamous thing. Don't forget your OEA Army pillars. Spread that peace, love, and understanding. Embrace equality and acceptance. Keep on rocking. And oh, yeah. An OG, oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, well, you know, Stephen, thank you for coming on with us. It's been a blast. Um, oh, yeah. This- won't be the last time, I promise you. Um, <laughs> Good. Also, want to give uh, thanks to uh, Kenny and Angerfish Brewing in Lexington, South Carolina. Um, Stephen, if you ever come our way, uh, we got to head down to Chase's place and, and hit that place up. Uh, I think you and Kenny would have plenty of fun conversations over beer. Said he's a metalhead, and we'll have an instant oh, yeah. connection, man. Uh, <laughs> I also want to thank uh, Mr. Chris Setschock for our theme song. And also want to thank our uh, show sponsors. We have Upstate Realty. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you to Promotion Graphics for you know, making our awesome banner. Uh, we want to thank the uh, Greenville Craft Beer Festival and especially John Sharkey for making that happen. And last but certainly not least, uh, the Clock Tower Taproom and Billiards in Simpsonville, South Carolina, downtown. Uh, Eddie. Uh, he's a phenomenal guy. He runs a great place there. 
And also, if you haven't been there recently, please stop by and try his five o'clock IPA collaboration he's done with Indigo Reef Brewing out of Charleston, South Carolina for their own house IPA. And with that, I, I think I hear a, a familiar tune. Familiar da, 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 da. Oh, sorry, wrong tune. Wrong show, <laughs> Chase. Wrong show. We're just boys. We like beer. You think that's kind of hazy. Lord, Lord we'll make, make it clear. We're just boys. We're just boys. We like beer. Sounds hazy, then Lord, we'll make it clear. We like Blondales, IPAs, cider stouts from the USA. We're just boys. We like beer. We're just boys. We like beer. Upstate beer boys.